With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey. I like his odds of, uh, of replacing somebody on TNT. Judd Zolgad. Just a genuinely awesome guy. Very giving of his time. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Bridgewater. Keenum. Cousins, you might be sick of hearing about the Vikings quarterback situation, but we're still talking about it. Let's keep beating it into the ground with some more reckless speculation. Actually, uh, a tweet, a tweet here from, let me find this. A lot of tweets today. From uh, FR Martin JR. So, I don't know what that is, but. Um, oh, Twins win 1987 is his handle. Mm-hmm. Between the redundant Vikings talk and Phil's stupid take on baseball changes, I'm out at 1500 ESPN. So uh, it's probably good he got out because we're back to the redundant Vikings Where's talk he going? here. We're going to talk Where's about the go? quarterback. I'm happy he was in at all. <laughs> yeah, most people. Appreciate That's it. great. Appreciate that. Reckless speculation. Uh, I think after our Nick Foles conversation yesterday, where I think we, we just... We just drew an arbitrary line and said, would you trade a third-round pick for Nick Foles if you were the Vikings? And a lot of the res- – we've had 24 hours of response in our timelines and email just off and on from people saying there's no way they would ever give him up for a third-round pick. And I think I agree. I would never give up a first-round pick for Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and one of the questions that was posed, and Doogie was fighting with these people in our timeline yesterday, what has he proven is what somebody asked. That, that Nick Foles hasn't proven anything. And that's wrong. I think you, there's some nuance here. Nick Foles has clearly proven something. He's he's proven that when the the lights are the brightest against a great dynasty, that he can step up and he can perform. He won the Super Bowl MVP and was great in those last two games in the playoffs against a Mike Zimmer defense and also against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots yeah, he won dynasty. Three playoff games. Yes. You can't say he hasn't proven anything. And also, he proved in 2013 he can perform at a near MVP level if given the right coaching and system and et, et cetera. What he hasn't proven is longevity, back-to-back big seasons. He hasn't proven full season. Ten games is his best run as a starter, and that was five years ago. He's kind of like, Nick Foles reminds me of almost like an Andrew Miller type or an Araldus Chapman. That might be even a little bit too aggressive. But a guy who can come in in baseball and who can pitch lights out for like two innings, an inning here, two innings, maybe even give you three innings in a big spot if you need to. But if you were to make Andrew Miller a starter or Araldis Chapman a starter, hey, we need 200 innings out of you and we need it to be really good. Maybe just doesn't have enough because he hasn't done that yet. And that would be my biggest question about Nick Foles if I were to give up 
big time draft pick assets for him. And I said I would give up a third round pick. I would have to think long and hard about a second. And and there's no way I would give up a first. And Doogie's point was that Philadelphia would be asking for a lot more than just a third round pick for him. My point about him, though, the starting point of the conversation on uh, on the show Wednesday was this. I would consider giving up a third-round pick for Foles, or I would probably do it, but it would have to be my Alex Smith plan, which remained a short-term plan. So if I got Foles, and then and, and he has time left on his contract, but I, I want to say I read that basically if he starts a certain amount of games in 2018, the contract will void after 2018. So if I got him and had to make a long-term commitment, I probably wouldn't. If I got him and could have him for a couple of years or three years and decide from there, I'd be much more tempted. So I, like I do not want to make a five. I do not want to make a five-year commitment to Foles. If I could make a two-year commitment to to Foles, or have his contract uh, that currently exists maintained through eighteen and nineteen, I'd be tempted. But this all goes back to my to my original Alex Smith plan, which was to have the freedom that you are not locked into a definite quarterback for into 2022, for instance. But that may, but your window might be closed by then, anyways. I, I don't think to me it's not as much about what happens in the next, like what happens five years from now. Which, by the way, if you sign Kirk Cousins, you're 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 kind of committing for for probably a four to five year chunk. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would be more concerned about 2018 for starters. So let me let me throw these four names at you, and let's just do a yes or no for each of these. That's okay. a yes or no question. All right. Can you win the Super Bowl in 2018 mm-hmm. with? And I'm going to give you the names, mm-hmm. and then if you want to elaborate on it, go ahead. Teddy Bridgewater. Can you win the Super Bowl in 2018 with Teddy Bridgewater? Yes or no? No, for me, I don't think so. I don't. I would have to have seen more. Now, Now, I think if you were to uh, drive yourself out to Eden Prairie right now and ask Zimmer that question, the answer would be very different. I think he probably believes that he could. But me, I say no. I don't think you can in 2018 either. But I think the I think the Bridgewater appeal is the fact that he's 25 years old and he might be able to, at some point over the next 10 years, win you a Super Bowl if you think that he can live up to his draft status and what he was before the injury and He's Teddy Bridgewater before the injury was surgical in the intermediate yardage range. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was throwing the ball five to fifteen yards, especially middle of the field. He and that's where you make your money. Watch it. Watch a Tom Brady game. He's not making his money throwing bombs down the field. He's making his money up the seam, five yards in the air, fifteen yards in the air, and in slant routes. And Teddy Bridgewater is surgical in that part of the field, but. I'm with you. I think there's probably too much rust to knock off for him to to win a Super yeah. Bowl in 2018. Two years of rust is a lot to, to come back then 2018 and win a Super Bowl. Can Case Keenum win you a Super Bowl in 2018? Yes no, or no? No. I do not see him. I've seen enough of him, and it was certainly a great pop-up year. Uh, but we've conversely also seen enough to for me to easily say he could not. No, the big game is too much. Um, if you improve his offensive line, is that going to help him? Yes, it will. But do I believe that that if Case Keenum goes into 2018 as your starter, that he can take you through a 16-game season and, again, be successful and then win, win you enough uh, playoff games to win a Super Bowl? No, yeah. I do not. I think the answer is no as well. On that. I mean, obviously you can win a lot of games with Case Keenum, and the, de- and the defense needs to be very good, and it wasn't in the NFC Championship game, but the offense only scored seven, and, uh, and, and there were some bad interceptions in there, so... I think you can get to the playoffs. I mean, you already did. 
And I'm going to say yes on that, but I'm going to say no on the Super Bowl. I don't think you can win one with Case Keenum. And if you were going to win one with Case Keenum, it was going to be last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was going to be last year. I'm certain on that one. Nick Foles. Can you win a Super Bowl in 2018 with Nick Foles? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. And and once again, I'd like to see uh, some upgrades in the offensive line, certainly the inside positions. Uh, but with this defense and, and with a, a coordinator now who was his quarterback's coach and the success that he had, I don't call me crazy, but I think in the right infrastructure, he's not going to be as susceptible to the same mistakes that Keenum made, which I think throughout uh, Keenum's career are going to come back and bite him in the butt too many times. So I will say yes on that one. So I think the answer has to be yes, because he just won one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we've seen him as the Super Bowl MVP, so the answer has to be yes. And the questions would be, you know, can he do it? Can he be your guy for 16 games, which he's never been before? Is he just a, a good change of pace who comes in and he can do it for a few games? I mean, he did it even in Kansas City a couple of years ago. He, I think he started two games for Kansas City. He it was like pretty Alex good, Smith, right? Yes. So the answer is yes, but... I mean, where I hesitate, this is where like extra layers make you hesitate. The extra layers being how much do I have to give up for him? And then what do I have to lock into once I, if I have to trade like a second round pick, I don't want him for just one year. I'd probably want it long term. And I don't know if I trust him long term. So that brings us to this guy. Can you win a Super Bowl in 2018 with Kirk Cousins? Plugged into the correct system, which this probably is, given the wide receivers that they have here, given that Dalvin Cook is back, if you improve your offensive line once again in the interior with that defense, absolutely yes. I agree. And, and, and this is not this is not because I think Cousins comes here and, and turns into a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I think and and the contract and the guaranteed cash that you would have to give him does give me cause to think about this, but I think because he could be a very good systems quarterback and you're plugging him into a system that absolutely can work, yes, he can win a Super Bowl. I think the answer is yes, too. So the the hesitation there would be, all right, for the long term, how much do you have to eat up in cap space? Would you have to let other players go long term? Then if you can win one, you know what? You probably don't don't care at that point. Like at this point, the Ravens and the Seahawks don't really care quite as much. Yeah, you know, it's harder to build those rosters now and now those teams are fringe playoff teams, but they got theirs. Yeah, Joe Flacco makes $22 million now, but they got a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah. It's a bad contract, but they won a Super Bowl. I think Vikings fans would pretty gladly trade. Like, if you, could, if you could say that you could win a Super Bowl now with Kirk Cousins, and then because of his contract, you might have to say goodbye to some key players, and you might be a 10-16 and 16 that grinds for the playoffs, you'd take that because you won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so you and I kind of agree on all these, that Bridgewater and Keenum are a no to win the Super Bowl in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, that Foles and Cousins are probably the best chance at a yes, but then you're talking about what would you have to give up. But that's a, Man. that's the thing with the Cousins discussion, Phil. I mean, if you can win one, you just don't care. Mm-hmm. I, the the only team that seems to be to seems to, to have the formula towards what would appear to be a dynasty or a run of a potential championships is the Patriots. Beyond that, if you go to the rest of the teams in this league and say, okay, I'm going to give you a quarterback who can who's good enough. To win when you won Super Bowl, for the most part, they're going to say, "Okay, that's fine. We'll take it." Yeah. Uh, phone lines are six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. We something we should also get to. Where in, in the noon hour is going to be packed with Derek Wetmore from Fort Myers, Matthew Collar on Vikings, and uh, John Benton from the two thousand ten U.S. Men's Olympic Curling Team, and he also uh, was was on NBC as a color commentator in two thousand fourteen and is currently part of the Four Seasons Curling Club in Blaine. So he's going to come in studio. Before we end the show, maybe we do this next year. Doogie said something about 
Kevin Garnett and Glenn Taylor that's worth readdressing here at some point. And if you have thoughts on, you know, if you want to yell at me for uh, bringing up radical ideas, changing baseball, Rich Rich Eisen said baseball executives are talking about being able to start the ninth inning if you're trailing with any hitters that you want. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back. Here it is. On 1500. ESPN. Oh, Mackie and Judd, our Twitter re- re- replies. We do follow Twitter, and we do see all your at replies in our emails during the show, so it's just fun. Today's been feisty because we're just uh, arguing over some stuff here. But uh, Doogie was on for the Scoop segment last hour, and he had Glenn Taylor on his podcast, as he does. Glenn Taylor's, ba- Glenn Taylor Glenn Taylor's a co-host. He's being, he's being paid now. Yeah, basically co-host the Scoop podcast. And according to Glenn Taylor, so Kevin Garnett, who did not show up to the Flip Saunders tribute, Kevin McHale was absent. According to Glenn Taylor, the Wolves reached out to KG several times, even for just a video tribute. Mm -hmm. And KG didn't get back to Glenn Taylor. Mm -hmm. I've gone from supporting Kevin Garnett like 80-20 in this feud because Glenn Taylor has been, he took over the team in the mid 90s, and every step of the way, it's been an embarrassment. It's been Joe Smith under the table. Kevin Garnett, one real meaningful run in the postseason with one of the top 15 all time players. Uh, it's been David Kahn and all these just laughable draft picks. It's just been a disaster. It's been a, it's, it's not quite Clippers bad, 30 years of Donald Sterling, but it's, or Brown's bad now, but it's definitely among the 10 or 15 worst franchises and worst run franchises. So I've always sided with anyone but Glenn Taylor in these conversations. But if Glenn is making a meaningful effort to reach out, here's an olive branch. Let's smooth this out. Let's talk about this. Come on back. Video tribute here for Flip Saunders. And KG's just ignoring the Timberwolves now. Come on, dude. Grow up. Put put aside whatever beef you have with Glenn Taylor and at least be part of the organization when they're honoring the guy who brought you up in the NBA, you sat in Flip Saunders' well, parking spot inside Target Center when he passed away. That's the thing to me is is this. Clearly, KG, I guess, doesn't have the the want or ability in this case to parcel things out. Like, I get, I I don't know what, what Flip promised KG and how much when he came back from the Nets because there was definitely, I think, some trepidation on KG's part at that point about coming back here. I don't know what was promised then, and I don't know how much Flip shared with Glenn about what, what he was you know, promising because he certainly wasn't sick at that point. All of that being said, you would think that he could have just for this parceled out, okay, it's for Flip. This has nothing to do. This isn't for Glenn. This isn't about Glenn. People are coming out. I mean, as far as I know, KG, KG loved Flip, and KG, I think, loved Flip's family. And so you would think he could just for that second say, I'm not going in that building because I don't think he was going to come back here under any circumstances. But nonetheless, yeah. I'll do a video tribute and send it, and and it'll, I won't mention Glenn Taylor once. Heck, I might not mention the Wolves, but what I will say is, Flip, I love you. Thank you so, so much. I'm glad that they're doing this for you. So that's the one intriguing thing to me. Like, how can you not parcel that that out? Because this was a a person who KG has talked about, you know, was instrumental in his development in life, was absolutely key. And I I just find the whole thing... I find the fact that McHale and Flip at the end and KG now have been so split up and really sad. I mean, the McHale thing makes me really sad. We're talking about two best friends in college, 
And, and I know that when you go into business together, that can get dicey and, and certainly can have fallout at times. But, you know, the fact that Mikhail, I don't think, was at uh, Flip's funeral and was not there a couple, last week for the tribute, and then the fact that KG didn't show up and didn't send in some type of tribute himself, that's just really sad to well, me. Well, you know what, and this is where... You, you, so what... It was 0405 when Kevin McHale fired Flip Saunders and took over himself. And and that's where the Wolves made that furious run. They were trying to get to the eighth seed just to get back in the playoffs. And that's where their relationship has never been the same. I mean, they did patch it up a little bit, but not they've never been friends. It was since, never like that. Since Kevin McHale fired Flip Saunders in 2004, they've never been friends. Glenn, here's Glenn Taylor's role in that. Both were going to be gone. If you were going to fire if like if it was not working with Flip Saunders... Well, Kevin McHale's the one who put together mostly mediocre rosters around Kevin Garnett to that point. So, like, Glenn Taylor chose to hang on to Kevin McHale for a couple more years. It was like another year or two, and then he let Kevin McHale go as well. Like, he could have just let them both go. Let him, let him finish out the year. Let them both go. If you, But he didn't have a read on it. He, like, in, in Glenn Taylor's mind in 2004-05, he thought... Kevin McHale is the one that I should keep around because he's done such a great job for 10 years when he hadn't. And Flip is the one that they're just not responding to anymore. And then, like, let's lick my finger and put it in the wind again uh, the next year. And was Well, there... let's 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 get McHale out of here. They, they fired Dwayne Casey, who had Ricky Davis he as his second-best player with Dwayne a 20-20 20 20 record. Yes. My, but my question is this. Did did that move when, when Flip was fired, did that need to be made at, at the time? Why not wait till the end of that year, reassess things. And the thing about it is it would not have been that big a stretch to cut McHale loose and keep Flip and promote Flip. Yeah. Well, but Glenn, so think about how many times, and this is where like I get frustrated because I don't think Glenn Taylor's a good owner. I just don't. Like he he probably gave too much power to Tom Thibodeau, but if he had to bring him if that's what it took to bring him over, I see why. But Glenn Taylor has been so bad about setting a culture or setting like just having sort of pillars that you lean on to build a sports organization. I think, He's I, never had that. I think Glenn Taylor is a really good businessman. I mean, the, the Star Tribune is thriving in, in an era now where papers are still well, how much does people he have off. to do with that? He but, but my point is, but my point is Glenn Taylor is a good businessman, and I think his business is hinge on this. He trusts people. Pro sports is a different world. See that that's the thing about sports is Far too many people want to say, "Well, it's a you're, you're a businessman and you're going to buy a team and and you've been good in in this business and that one and so you're going to succeed in pro sports." That's not necessarily true. Pro sports is a different world. the The on the field or on the court product in pro sports starts with starts with and it's necessary discriminating against people who are growing old. It's a different world, and it's also a sphere of thirty teams that you're competing yeah, exactly. against on a bell but, curve. But my but my point is, just because you're good in in the paper business. And just because you buy companies up and have success does not mean that when you buy the Twins up, for instance, necessarily, or the Wolves, that that's going to translate. And I think Taylor's biggest fault is he's hired people and then trusted them too much. Yeah. So, and then just to add one more criticism on top of it, he hasn't been able to maintain or preserve the most important player relationship in franchise history. So all of that said, hey, Kevin Garnett, like, we just laid out all of these things and we feel you. We're frustrated with Glenn Taylor, too, and we've been in this town for the better part of 20-plus years. He seems like a great person who just can't get out of his own way outside of a couple pop-ups. And right now, they're popping up, and it's great, and it looks like he made 
at least a couple good hires enough to you know get Jimmy Butler over here. So KG, we agree with a lot of these things. Who put it aside and send in a video? Put it aside. But that's it, right? Do a selfie video a on video. your phone and text it to Ryan Saunders or say, something. Say Flip, I love you. Thank you so much. Shout out to the greatest fans, and you're yeah. done. Because it feels like, and, and then there's like there's another article that I saw where KG is is reflecting on how he wishes he would have left Minnesota earlier, and like I think he probably should have left Minnesota earlier too. But and I will give I you. I don't know. He's just cra- he's crapping on. It feels like he's crapping on fans and crapping on the things that he would love and have no reason to shun. Yep. Because of his spite for Glenn Taylor. And and I, I think an apples to apples comparison here very much. Randy Moss. Randy Moss came back here in 2010. I covered it. It was a disaster. Yeah. It was absolutely a disaster. He was released by the Vikings after less than a month. And you know what? He came back, and they patched things up, and now things are fine. It doesn't take that much. And it's not like if you if you had, heck, if you had come back here and walked into that building and you would have gotten a huge ovation and you had waved to the fans and gotten on the mic for five seconds and said, Flip, I love you. It's not like you got to go to Glenn. It's not like Glenn Taylor is going to be sitting there and you have to go. If you, Heck, tell Glenn Taylor. I'm coming into town, dude. I don't want to see you or talk to you. I'll look at you across the way. Yeah. But, I mean, I basically want nothing to do. I'm not going to go eat with you. I'm not going to talk to you. And he could have done those things. But if if Randy Moss, who is one of the most vindictive people I've seen, if Randy Moss can can patch things up, then KG can. Yeah. Uh, before we get to some questions with Dave here, Roderick's one of our loyal listeners. We argued for like an hour about... Uh, Ninth inning changes in baseball and allowing Rich Eisen's idea from executives of allowing, if you're trailing in the ninth, starting the ninth inning with any three hitters you want. Roderick, go ahead. First of all, Phil, I want to support you before I denigrate you. Um, <laughs> I think, number one, that I, I agree with you on your Ed take. Because the whole thing about we need to get more Minnesota guys is too much. How is the team doing? Are they winning? Then who cares where they come from? So I agree with you on that. On the baseball thing, I think that you cease becoming, you cease being baseball every time you try and make changes. There's a fundamental principles, fundamental rules, and if you start changing these things, it's no longer baseball. And every time Major League Baseball tries to make a change to say we need to attract the younger viewers, what you're saying is, or admitting, is that the younger people just don't like baseball. And if they like basketball, they like football, then go watch football, go watch baseball. I'm sorry, go watch basketball. But baseball has to admit that maybe there are elements in the population that just don't like baseball and the fundamental aspects of it. And if you want to say, let's make some changes, okay, I have some changes for you. How about in the ninth inning, if the team is down and a batter strikes out, he can drop kick the catcher, (laughs) run to first base. Didn't Jose Offerman do that one time in a minor league game? Somebody did it in a professional league game, but they can run the first base and they make it the first without being thrown out. They're safe. How about having the pitchers on the winning team, they have to throw with their opposite hand in the ninth inning. So if you're righty, all of a sudden you throw lefty. Or how about shortening the field? No longer is center field 300 feet. Now it's, everything is 200 feet in the ninth inning. So if you start making these changes, where are you going to stop? Eventually baseball stops being baseball. And this one's for Judd. In Hockey, they have the shootout, which I don't like. How about if you have one overtime and it's still tied, the next overtime, they pull the goalie. And then for the next 10 minutes, 
whoever scores the most goals without a goalie wins. I like that and idea. That is, it's still five on five. I put anyway, a trash can down instead of the net, but yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yes, okay. but at some point, baseball has to say, look, this is baseball. You either like it or you don't like it. And we're not going to change it to try and attract younger viewers because it's like in football where they tr- started making the offense more of a priority mm-hmm. and hamstringing the defense. At some point, it stops being football then. So that's what I would say. You know what? I, thank you, Roderick. Roderick's one of our best callers. What I, what I would do is I would just have a mixed martial arts fight at second base. You know what? If you win it, you get to stand on second base to start the inning. If you don't, you you know, little arm bar action, rear naked choke. Oh, so Brian Dozier, so a little bloody, but he's standing on second base. Wait, so you're telling me that that now, now that there's going to be less trips to the mound, that if someone on second base is stealing signs, well, then I'm going to hit the batter for sure, and then he can come out and fight me in mixed martial yeah. arts. Yeah. Well, I would tell you, I'm, and I'm serious about this, in hockey, if you want to keep fighting in hockey, put an actual reward on the end of the fight. You know, all right, fine, fighting's going to be part of hockey, because we love it, and it's and we're not going to get rid of it then actually have some meaning behind the result of the fight. If I beat you in a fight, however that's determined. What do you get? My team gets a goal. Light the lamp. Because if not, fighting is absurd and has no place. But if, but fighting if, but has if gotten I, to the point now where it basically But if I get something out of it, yeah. all right, you listen, Derek Bugard can barely about, skate and can't, and can't put a puck about, in the net, but he, can, but he can get us a goal with his fists. How about this idea? You be if you beat me up, your team gets a five minute power play. I love it. How about that? Yes, idea? that was almost literally the rule in the video game Blades of Steel for the original Nintendo that I played all the time. Really? Yes, you could get into a fight. Winner of the fight gets a two minute to power play. Yes, see that's that would be a great. That's better than the goal thing because then you have to earn your goal. But if you want a little five-on-four advantage, you go pick a fight, and you, you can do it 20 times. Maybe there's limits. Otherwise, teams would just always be looking to get their five-on-four. Another bench-clearing ball. We haven't seen a game oh, yet. Man. All right, Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us? Such good questions, and you know we are going to have to find a way to get back into the baseball topic. All right, uh, from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Bottom line is these two guys really like each other. Mackey and Judd. They formed a special brotherhood. They've said, you know what, we can do this better together than apart. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right. We have uh, in the noon hour, we have uh, John Benton will join in about an hour. So John was part of the 2010 U.S. men's Olympic curling team. Uh, still very active and competes on, on a national level, international levels. So he'll join us in the studio to talk about the red hot and... Further than they've ever gone before, a U.S. men's curling team playing for a gold on Saturday. But here's Dave Harrigan with some preguntas. Yes, and it's uh, sponsored today by Robert W. Baird and Company. Before I ask the real questions, Judd, what's with the hair today? What's wrong with it? Hey, you put in hair gel or something. What's going on? You got a comb to the side? Oh, yeah, I've been putting in gel for like the last three weeks. You going to a business meeting? No, I, uh, I ordinarily get my hair cut. Every like three weeks or something, and I've gone a month plus that this time without a haircut, and it was just falling forward, so my bangs looked really really stupid. <laughs> so the wife showed me. She's just like instead yeah. of getting it cut, you just are gonna she's gel like, it to the yeah, side. She's, okay. She's like just take a little dab of my gel and r- run it through your hair. 
Now, the wild card is the winter hat, which changes it drastically. So some days it's still sort of falling forward, but not as bad with the gel. And today the hat didn't screw it up too much, and so it just stayed off to the side. It's kind of worn down So that's the hair. Yeah, gelling your hair and wearing a winter hat doesn't really mix. But I don't mind that. It's better than the the free fall bowl cut look that that I have if I don't use the gel is really bad. And I got <laughs> I got made fun of a lot in St. Therese in about third grade for it. So I'm just trying to find a way to combat that. Nice. You just don't want to go back to your tortured childhood. I don't want to be made That's fun why of it. You use gel. My feelings get hurt. I'm not sure if you, you've uh, picked up on this, but my feelings get hurt very easily. It's been bugging me since about 7:30, so I'm glad. Oh, you we should have just asked before. I would have been happy to provide. No, a I wanted to play. save it for the air. Okay, I wanted to humiliate. What you needs on to there. happen for you to shave your head one time? Like, would that ever be a thing? Would you ever put that on the table I've for one of our clo- show? Bets? I've come very close. No, I mean like, oh, like fully? Where, like where I, you know, where I get to the. I would do it. I would need a waiver from Dawn. I think she would. I don't know that she would allow. Well, what about it. a toupee if it doesn't work out for exactly, just a few weeks? Exactly. You've just gone down. Exactly. Uh, if she said <laughs> it, it was okay and the bet itself was worth it, I'd probably do it. But if she said no, it, it'd be dicey. She'd get really mad. If I came home with zero hair, I'd be in so much trouble. Oh, I'd be in trouble. I mean, I mean, not to poke here, but it's not like you're. I mean, no offense, you have more hair than I have, but it ain't like you're walking in with. You know who's a good who's a good example like Tony Reale hair or something. Oh, I know, no, no. I'm like Max Kellerman has uh, yeah, a nice no, little no. head here on TV. I'm right just now. saying if the entire salad was gone and I didn't tell her first, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Okay. Hey, that can stand for question one. I got more mileage out of that than I thought. Uh, question number two. <laughs> the Phil, you go first. This time. Baseball discussion from early in the show. It was thrown out, the theory from the Rich Eisen show, that, hey, maybe the losing team in the ninth inning should be able to send whoever they want up to the plate instead of having to follow the batting order. Phil, you defended it, saying you like the idea. It should be discussed further. Judd, you said it's lunacy. It's You can't change the fabric of baseball. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to, A, give me three words to describe the person's argument, to describe your feelings about their argument. Phil obviously changing the rules, Judge being the uh, staunch baseball must not be changed. And I want you to tell me, when Pat Royce listens to that segment, or is at least instructed as to what the segment discussed by Chris Reavers, what will be the first thing out of his mouth? And it can't be a bleep. <laughs> well, first of all, I have no problem with Judge's stance other than I think the, the one criticism I would have, because it is it would be... For baseball's standards, a dramatic change compared to like what they're used to. I mean, basketball has already drawn a line on the court. They've uh, they've done a lot of innovative things throughout the years. Football has changed rules defensively, so like baseball doesn't change a lot of things. So it would be a pretty drastic change by baseball's standards, I guess. So I understand the defensiveness and pushback. I'm not even going to rip. The only thing I'll rip Judd for is if you want baseball to. To cater to a younger audience to stay alive longer. If you don't want it to be like boxing or you don't want it to be like horse racing or something where only old people like it and eventually it's just not that popular and something else takes its place. I don't think we're close to that, but it's like it's heading down that path. You got to come up with something. You can't just like throw the same thing out on the field every night and say, oh, well, hopefully the 15 year olds watch tonight. So be open minded to something changing that would maybe rock your baseball cage a little bit. Uh, what will Patrick Ricey say? 
Oh, the word punk five times, idiot, little whippersnapper, short round. He'll make short <laughs> jokes and call me an idiot for basically his entire show from Fort Myers today. Yes. Three words you said? Yes. Gone too far. Because I'm not anti-all change in baseball, and I'm all for expediting the game itself. And and I do think that there are some some what would be considered pretty drastic rule changes that I would that I would be for. This has just gone too far. Uh, three words. I'm sorry, I, I forgot that part. Off my lawn would be the three words I would use to describe <laughs> old baseball fans who don't want change. Royce's first word will be what? What? That's he did rid- what? That's ridiculous. Yes. And then he'll fall. Where he starts. Where he's trying to process. He'll like, insult you. And he'll he'll say what? That's bleeping mm-hmm. stupid. And then he'll start to insult you after that. No. So tell me if I'm. If I'm lacking self-awareness in this regard, but I think because Pat and I worked together long enough and we've had enough dinners and we're like, we've been friends long enough now for almost a decade. He tends to, he respects me enough to not just immediately dismiss without thinking like, why is he saying that? When when Reavers brings something up, oftentimes he'll like cut him off mid-sentence and say, you're an idiot. Does he get to mid-sentence? But I think like his reaction to this will be, he'll think it's ridiculous, but he'll pause and think. But there must be more. There must be a reason why he's doing it. Nah, he's an idiot, anyways. <laughs> I think like he'll hesitate for a minute because we've we've I had these brawls think, before. I think Pat has lost respect, a, a lot of respect for both of us in the past two to three years. I mean, he hates the quarterback conjecture. Yeah, absolutely. Drew Brees is going nowhere. Why are you talking about that? The Chris Archer thing is driving him crazy. But that's realistic. The I, twins have engaged in discussions with the Rays on Chris it, Archer. Give it, absolutely, to give it a rest. And now this. I think Royce's respect for us was probably on a scale of 1 to 10 previously, probably around a 6 or a 5. I think we're down to a 2 or 3. If we had the, the, the Bethel cross-country coach on tomorrow, would Pat like us better? Would he like us more? If we, if, if we had the St. John's basketball coach on, we're in like Flynn. Let's see if we can find some more people out there to lose respect for you guys then. Uh, yesterday at the White House, the president, Donald Trump, met with survivors, other people impacted by mass shootings around the U.S. to have a discussion. To... And if you have thoughts on it, six five. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hello, GL crowd. There was a photo taken, a very tight photo of Donald Trump's hands, those tiny little Trumpy hands, I guess, and a uh, note card he was holding. And first of all, the cuffs of his sleeves have 45 uh, embroidered into them. That's freaking awesome. I want sleeves like that. I don't care what. It's probably not going to be 45 for me, but I want something cool in the sleeves of my dress shirts. Sure. I feel like his his suits are a little too baggy. That's been uh, that's been a, a, they do a criticism for a while. They look really is that, that's a, so that's a thing that people have noticed. Oh yeah, like the the tie is always a little longer than it, than it usually would be I'm yeah. for most people. This. The, the baggy suit I'm guy? I'm with him, yes. Baggy suits, okay. go for it. I mean, it's, I mean, he doesn't have like the lean No, he's body a fat, that... so yeah, go baggy. All right, I'm just All saying. Right. So anyway, the note card has what very clearly appears to be, well, notes on it, I guess you would say. Ideas of things to say, like a bullet point number one, what would you most want me to know about your experience? Bullet point number two, what can we do to help you feel safe? Bullet point number five, three and four are hidden by his hands. Uh, number five just says, I hear you. So things he would say to people that were affected by the so, mass shooting. So on the note card, it's to like reminders that you should feel and care. Yeah, ideas <laughs> of things to say is. that would show empathy. Now, apparently he didn't actually ever go to the card. It, he didn't need good, it. So that's, that's a good thing. But good. in the spirit of if he did have to go to the card, 
Boys, give me something, whether it be a life skill like empathy or something more concrete like changing a light bulb, something you should absolutely know about, something you should absolutely know how to do as a male of your age, education, and skill level that admittedly you know nothing about. Oh, there's so many for me, but I'll keep it to one, and it's a, a you, current, ongoing situation. You and I might match on this one. Uh, no, we're not going to, because this one, uh, this one came up a couple days ago. One of the uh, one of the cars, the wife got in the car, and uh, she is hesitant to scrape the, the windshield. So she's one of those people that gets in there and immediately squirts the windshield wiper fluid on the windshield and attempts to turn the windshield wipers on to hopefully knock away the ice. That's the that's the. I, I commend her for that. That's what I attempt. It's the lazy yes. person's way to like avoid scraping Here, the ice. But yeah. here's the here's the worst case scenario. You break said windshield wiper, which happened. So the driver's side windshield wiper in her car is gone now. It needs to be replaced. She did not get to the mechanic yesterday or the place yesterday, and so she's like, can you do it? Well, the fault on my part is I'm 48. I should know how to go buy a windshield wiper and attach it on and fix it myself very easily, right? I mean, it can't be that hard. It's There's not. probably instructions on the actual And yet I, today, too. after I'm done for the second day in a row, I'm going to go to the Jiffy Lube and get an oil change because I know I can get them to put a windshield wiper on the windshield. <laughs> That's right. wow. So the car doesn't need wow. an oil change. It, I, think it, I think it's close to it, but the point is... Because you're going to pay, like, like, oh, it's an oil change, 40 bucks. You're going to pay 40 bucks. I once, for a windshield wiper. Yes, and I once had a, I once had a car my my car three cars ago. The uh, the hood was was basically rusted, so it was very hard to get it open. And since I couldn't figure out how to do it, I took it to the mechanic and claimed that I had some problem that I didn't. So he would grease it up and open the hood. <laughs> Wow! I was too embarrassed. I was too embarrassed to be like, I don't know how to get my hood open now. So I took it into the mechanic. I'm like, hey, dude, I think I got a problem oh with my spark my plugs God. here. And so he got it open. He's like, your spark plugs are fine. Yeah, I, I said, thank the, you very uh, much. The, the carburetor is... It uh, needed windshield wiper fluid, though. The rotary uh, yeah. girder and anyway, uh, the end line. That's my embarrassment. Well, so I can't... So we do overlap a little. I can't match that, though. Mine was going to be just like how to fix your car in general, but more engine-based. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's so more like excusable. if, if you, you know because my, my I grew up on a hobby farm and my stepdad has always been super active fixing tractors and different things and so I got into I was never Mister Handyman but enough I could get around like a wood shop enough to not cut my arm off and stuff but when it came to basic things when you lit when now the difference between you and I is I can figure out how to get the hood up I couldn't figure <laughs> out and I it think was I can figure I out figure some out. of the other things but if you were to say all right uh, what what are you looking at and what's the name of everything that you're looking at? And here's like six options to match. Um, oh, I would have no I would, I'd be guessing on a lot of stuff. So cars are, I've always just said, hey, Luther Brookdale Toyota guys. Take care of it. Cheap plug, free plug. Take care of it. Yeah. All right, quick car quiz. Phil, could you change a, a wiper if you needed to do so right now? Yes, I think I could do that. But I've, I've admittedly, you got some time after work. I've never had broken wipers to the point where I've Unless is that a common thing? Like your wipers don't work? I don't think it is. I don't think I've had to face that problem they, very they often. They wear out, but I've never had one break on a car. I've also been leasing cars for two and three years since 2010, so it's not. I, I haven't had an old car in like a decade. Could the, either of you change a headlight? No. Uh, no, I can't. Could either without you, breaking the glass to get it? <laughs> yeah. Could either of you jump a car if necessary? You know what? I did that for my dad one time in Arizona. But it was like 
Someone lended me their jumper cables, and I kind and I did it, but I, I was it? I was but I was doing it kind of asking questions as I did it. So if it was just me, I'd probably electrocute myself. Yeah, that's but nice. I was so I did it, but I was kind of asking like, oh, so just to make sure you you do this and this, right? So I, pr- I probably, probably. I, I could try to, but it would scare me because of that fact that I, I would actually hook them up wrong and blow the whole thing up. Change a tire? Never done it. Triple A? <laughs> Phil Mackey. This guy is absolutely elite. It's kind of like you're looking at your brother. I didn't know who had more energy. Judd Zolgad. I even hesitate to disagree with him because he's so knowledgeable and he knows way more than I ever will. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Help fight type 1 diabetes by joining 1500 ESPN and Channel 5 and 45 at Mall of America this Saturday for the JDRF One Walk. It's Team KSTP co-captained by Phil Mackey and Channel 5's Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist. Help us raise money for type 1 diabetes research. All team members receive a free Team KSTP t-shirt. You can join the team or donate by heading to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Together we can turn type 1 into type none. <laughs> so, so far during the break, Judd's been offered, hey, someone said, I'll, you give me 20 bucks and I'll change your windshield wipers. I'll do it for 10. If, but the, here, here's the problem. Will you go out and get the wiper, bring it back here and then change it for me? If you pay for the wiper, sure. How much, like what, what's a, what's an average wiper cost right now? 10, no 20 idea. bucks, That's depending 15 on 15 bucks. All right. How high quality you want to get. I think, uh, if I think you bump it to 30 for, uh, you know, just time spent for labor. Uh, Jenny said, you two crack me up. Just be glad you have women in your life that love you. Tolerate might be a better word than love there, but, uh, Judd, bring me your car and I will change your wiper, but I get your man card. Hashtag woman power. Done deal. <laughs> Done deal, Jenny. My man card is all yours. Uh, Rob's been on hold. Go ahead, Rob. You're on the show. Yeah, I got a few comments about the Vikings. First, I think that if they bring Keenum and Bridgewater both back and Keenum resorts back to himself and Bridgewater can't stay healthy, we've wasted the season and we're in the same position next year. And that's, I guess, why I'm kind of all in on the Cousins thing. And then, like, you know, you're going to have collar on in a little while, and he always refers to Pro Football Focus, which does have some good resources. But it rated Xavier Rhodes like the 42nd best corner in football. So it's like you got to kind of take some of that with a grain of salt when he get, gets into his other arguments. And lastly, I want to stick up for Mackey. You guys made fun of him last year when he said, that he thought Zimmer should talk to Parcells less. I think so too, because it's a different day, it's a different age, and you got to be yourself and do what you're going to do. And players are just different nowadays; they don't respond to that. So, Rob, oh, thank you for the phone call, I don't man. Remember that conversation? I don't know if I said that, but I will gladly take credit for uh, Rob praising me there. Dave, do you recall that conversation? That. I don't recall that. I one. must. Have I said don't it. at all. If it was a genius comment about Mike Zimmer, it was probably coming from me because all you want to do is fire him and rip him true. last That's year. That's not true. I wanted him to change his ways a little bit, and he did. And he did a really good job. <laughs> um, I yeah, think I said that actually. For, uh, I think I might have said that. Talk to Parcells. This thing, like I think everyone does. Like Pro Football Focus is a great tool. It's not gospel. I think Collar uses it more than any other Vikings uh, analyst or Vikings media guy in town because. He's a little bit more analytically minded, so he you hear it more from him. But he, the eye test in football, is probably more important than almost any other sport too. 
Because, like, in baseball, the eye test can fool you. A guy can get on base 40% of the time and look weird doing it. I'll, I'll still take the guy who gets on base, right? Hunter in right field. In the NFL, um, I think there's a lot of eye test things that do matter more than, say, in, in baseball. But Pro Football Focus is a great tool. It makes I think it makes the viewing experience a lot better for fans when you know exactly, okay, that left guard is... That's the weak link with the Eagles because now we have something to quantify. Rhodes was that far down their list, though? I didn't recall that. Oh, we can ask him. Let's I mean, ask that, Collar that's in, ridiculous. A, in a few minutes here. He's right about that. Hey, Tiger Woods is finishing up the round. How's it going for him? Final stats, even par 70. He hit half the fairways, 27 putts, not the greatest he day. Hit the ice cream Three stand. back of the lead. He hit the damn ice cream stand in like two, didn't he? Yeah, and parred. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. He's Sorry, a little Tiger. wayward off the tee still. Let's check into Fort Myers. Derek Wetmore has been down there covering spring training. Phil Hughes had, I think, a really honest comment that I saw this morning that we should ask Derek about. Also, Matthew Collar on Vikings, and we'll get into the uh, the U.S. men's curling team playing for a gold medal after their win this morning on Saturday. John Benton played in the Olympics, curled in the Olympics, is curled a... Uh, is curled a verb because I just used it that way in the past tense. He'll join us in studio around 1230. Mackie and Judd on the TCL broadcast.